0: This is a practical recession guide for clinic owners and associates. You know, the UK has officially fallen into a recession. And so it's crucial for osteopaths, whether you're a clinic owner with associates or you're a solo practitioner, or you're an associate working in multiple practices, it's crucial to adopt an adaptable, proactive, and arguably most importantly, calm approach. In these uncertain times, it's not just about steadying the ship as much as that might be your primary focus. It's about taking decisive action and proving to yourself and the people that you work with, including your patients, that you are confidently here for the long term. You know, as I said in episode 18, which was the number one reason why clinics fail, you have to get used to accepting truths as fast as possible, avoiding uncomfortable realities means accepting an uncomfortable future and there's no better pairing to go with that quote as what a recession is because it is a hard truth and an uncomfortable reality and the more that you prep and the more that you take action the better your um, your circumstances very likely to be so welcome back to behind the osteopath if you're new around here my name is alan zaya i'm an osteopath And I am the founder of a organization called OsteoHustle, where we plan, build, and grow dream careers for osteopaths. Now, this podcast is all about my belief that you should never open a clinic without fully understanding what it takes. And a recession is a perfect example of that. How do we actually get through recessions as osteopaths and as business owners? Uh, But as regular listeners may be surprised to hear this special this is a special episode of behind the osteopath because we're breaking the usual book review format for today as like i said before the uk recently fell into a recession so as you can imagine my inbox just before this period and as soon as it was officially announced uh, my inbox was flooded with osteopaths obviously asking for help so i thought i'd put together a guide Uh, but most importantly a practical guide because there's nothing more infuriating than reading something and then realizing that actually it was just saying a whole lot without saying anything and there wasn't really a lot of practicality as a part of it so we pride ourselves around here at osteo hustle hq to be as practical as possible so that's what this guide aims to be as well i hope you find it helpful you know because we're going to be covering how to get through a recession as an osteopath it is an uncertain time it's a scary time so i'm hoping that it'll give you a bit of confidence and a little bit of reassurance as well um, I've included lots of recommended resources for each point that I'm going to go through. You know, uh, So I've made um, a blog version of this episode. So I'll include a link to that blog in the description so you can go and access any of these recommended resources. And they are fantastic resources, if I do say so myself, um, not just from Austria Hustle, but there some other uh, organizations and people who have created some amazing resources. So go and check that out. So point number one, we've got find and fix the leaks. So the first step in weathering any recession is to scrutinize your clinic's finances, and I know it's a painful thought for many of us and many of us even feel like an imposter, you know, when we have a look at our finances, but it's absolutely essential for you to get used to this idea of regularly checking your finances. I promise you that if you understand the ins and outs of your financials, it will empower you to identify where you can make huge cost-saving measures. And when it happens, oh, you know, it feels really good just to be aware of what's going on in terms of the finances in and out of the business and making those really great decisions that do save you a lot of money um, and point you in the right direction of how you can make more money as well. So. Um, getting a hold of your finances is really important. And I know for you associates listening to this, you know, this is more if, if you're a solo practitioner and you're in control of your own finances. But as a principal, you know, of course, you're not going to share your actual finances unless you're sharing it with a partner of the organization, of course. But um, there are going to be plenty of things for associates to, to get involved with. And I urge you, if you are a principal with associates, Listen to what I have to say and get your associates involved because they will want to help out as much as what you would as well. Obviously, nobody's going to care as much about your business as what you do. You know, that's that's a given. But trust me, they will want to help out if they feel like they can. And, you know, it's better than going about it alone, isn't it? And the next point is to schedule a meeting with your accountant to try and find these leaks and to find out how to improve your bottom line. And, you know, by collaborating with your accountant, you can lean on their expertise to guide you through these tough times. You're not a financial expert. You're not an accountant. And so you have to you have to be able to say, OK, I am going to lean on this person and say I am paying for a service. And therefore, I want them to be able to give it to me plainly and take control of um, things that I, I'm not so certain about. So get a hold of your accountant. And if you don't have an accountant, please do get one. Uh, they are massively worth the money. Uh, a bookkeeper as well as, uh, you know, a really good bookkeeper is, is is worth its weight in gold as well. So make sure you schedule a meeting with your accountant to um, get ready for for however long this recession is going to last for. The next thing is to ruthlessly cut non-essential expenses, including those elusive monthly subscriptions, and make the effort to seek out cheaper utility providers. And I am sorry that you have to, you know, sit um, on the phone through repetitive on hold music. Hopefully, it's not candle in the wind. But um, it's so important for you to just get go onto something like comparethemarket.com and go and take this opportunity to change to a cheaper utility. A recession does mean that these companies will be offering, um, will be offering deals to new customers. So take that leap. And even if you don't intend to to make the leap, you can use it as a kind of bribe to say, hey, you know, I found this this company who will offer me this for my gas and electricity and my water. You know, what, what can you do to keep me around as a customer? You know, the, the and, and when I say bribe, I mean that very intentionally because these people do view you as just a number um, and they do want to keep you as a customer, but be ruthless with them. And, you know, if it, mean, if it means changing your gas and electricity wall provider to get a cheaper price, so be it. Um, And if you kind of pit them against each other so be it i think it's fair to say that they've done plenty of price gouging to us over the years especially since covid so please don't feel any guilt towards them whatsoever okay the next point is to um, do not hesitate to negotiate rent reductions with your clinic and personal landlords bearing in mind you know don't ask don't get so if you uh, are leasing your space or you're renting your space in some capacity Go and ask whoever is in charge of, you know, you paying rent. Go and ask them to see if there's any level of a rent reduction. And the same on you on your personal rental. You know, if you, if you're renting a room somewhere, you're, you're renting your house or a flat or an apartment, whatever. Go and approach your landlord. Hopefully, if uh, if they've got any any sort of soul about them, hopefully they'll be able to give you some kind of rent reduction. Maybe even a rent freeze uh, would be the ideal circumstance. But you know, don't ask, don't get. And I've. Also included, again, go to the blog version of this, where you can get the link of that in the description to go and get this. Um, I've managed to find an excellent template for asking for rent reductions. So go and grab a copy of that as well. We've got establish a three to six month savings reserve. So you have a bit of a safety net. Now, I know this is easy to say, hard to do, but try your best to feed into your savings. Just create like a little drip feed, even if it's like five pounds a week, you know, just drip feed into your savings and you want to try and build a three to six month saving reserve of your total expenses. So total up your monthly expenses and you want to get that number times three times six into a savings account. And that will just act as your bit of a safety net for when things, um, if things really do need to be um, spent, then you've got that that, uh, that safety net to, to draw on. And the final point with finding and fixing the leaks is um, just to summarize and say through confronting your finances, you know, it, it, it may be daunting, especially if you find out that things aren't as good as what you thought they were. I promise you shedding light on your financials allows you to make smart decisions about your money, which can make a huge impact on your business a huge impact on the pressure that you'll feel personally as well so go ahead and dive into your finances take this as an opportunity to do so and i absolutely promise you that you will feel better for it even if you don't feel uh, better for it at first all right so second point we've got go into learning mode so it's time to turn your learning up to 11 i want you to shift your focus from uh, to to learning from business and marketing experts within our domain, whether that be us here at Osteohustle or you know anybody else that's within our space, it's really important for you just to pay attention to what these business and marketing experts are saying, because you know whether you like it or not, you know you're not just an osteopath; you are in the world of business. If you're self-employed, if you employ people, you are in the world of business as a clinic owner, even as an associate, right? The more you understand even about the basics, the more control you will have when things seem hopeless. And you know, a recession is a perfect example of that. Things are up and down. Things do seem out of your control. And so that's when you do wish that you had more control over things. And that is why you've got to try and educate yourself about even the basics of running a business. So grit your teeth and, and, and go into it. The next point with going into learning mode is to refresh yourself on the basics of being a great osteopath beyond your hands-on skills. And this is about actively listening to your patients, explaining your diagnosis and treatment plan in plain English for them to clearly understand why they should turn up to their next appointment and what is the goal here in the long term in terms of a patient-centered goal, whether that means you know, just becoming pain-free, which is the vast majority of people's goals. But beyond that, you know, we're talking about sleeping better, being able to go play five a side on the weekend, like what they used to, or going back to the gym or going to the Pilates class or being able to play with your kids in the garden or or just gardening in general, you know, all these things are things that you can help patients with as an osteopath. So find those goals and always come back to them during um, the treatment plan itself during different uh, points of their of their progression. It's also about you know reassuring and empathizing with patients, making them feel genuinely heard and cared for, and giving them confidence about why they've chosen you, um, in in terms of wh- why they've chosen to trust you over anybody else. And it is your responsibility to over deliver on expectations. Now you might sit here and you'd be like, Yeah, Alan, you know, I'm a really good at active listener. I'm really good at explaining my diagnosis and my treatment plan. And I'm really good with empathizing with people. And I'm sure you are, but as with always, with as always with your communication skills and with your practitionership skills, you can always do better. So go into learning mode by learning more about active listening techniques. Have a look at your top twenty most common diagnosis and treatment plans, and try and create a version of that that is written in plain English in a way that anybody can understand. And you know, go and ask your go and ask your friends who aren't in the osteo space, and just be like, hey, look, here's this diagnosis of what's called rotator cuff tendinopathy. Um, can I just explain it to you, and then let me know whether you think that you understand it or not. And so that's a really great way of you over-delivering on patient care, over-delivering on on expectations. They will love it, and your business will too, especially during times of recession. So the next point here is to build awareness. You need to push on marketing as others tend to pull back. And relying on word of mouth isn't good. You know, even beyond a recession... If you are what I like to call a word of mouth clinic, that's a really dangerous place to be because if if you purely re- rely on word of mouth, you know, even if you've got your website up and running and you're like, oh, I've got word of mouth and most of my patients come from Google, as soon as you rem- remove word of mouth, you're then solely relying on your website to bring patients in. And then if, you're, if your website goes down or like whatever might happen there, again, that's then been taken away from you and that is not a good position to be in. So... When I say that relying on word of mouth is not good, the reason why I say that, and you'd have heard me say this a couple of times, maybe not on this podcast, but certainly outside, is that word of mouth is undoubtedly powerful, but you never know when its powers will come into effect. You don't know when somebody's talking about you. You don't know when somebody's actively referring somebody to you until they actually book in. You don't have any control over that. And so you have to actively push word of mouth, and you also have to have other ways of people being able to find out that you exist in the first place. So what I want you to do is I want you to educate your patients, support them, be there, be visible to your patients. You know, we're talking about email marketing. We're talking about social media updates and providing additional resources for them to take home after their first appointment. For example, you know, get out into residential areas and doing flyer drops, invest in signage, again, demonstrate that you exist. You need to go with the mentality of like never hearing again, the phrase. And this is a painful phrase when you hear this from new patients. They go, "Oh, how did you hear about the clinic? Oh, I I didn't even know you were here. Oh, that, that cannot happen. It cannot happen. You need to do your best to demonstrate that you exist and get rid of that awful phrase. So on that note, are you finding this advice helpful? Do us a favor by leaving a podcast leaving the podcast a five star review and also chuck us a follow will you um in the in the spirit of of sharing all this information, I would really love it if you could share this with your associates with your with your principal or with another osteo friend, you know, stick it on your socials. It would really mean a lot to me to to know that this is worthwhile and that you want this information to be shared out into the rest of our our profession because, and th- this is this is kind of hard to say, but we cannot rely on the top of the pyramid in the sense of the government. We cannot rely on institutions and our governing bodies to to teach us these things. We can't rely on them. And I'm not saying they're not doing a good job. And I mean, in, in some circumstances, they're not doing a good job. But what I'm saying is that the grassroots growth of our profession is going to come from us as individual osteopaths helping other individual Austria as a unit. And so what we can do is by you even sharing this podcast with one of your Austria friends who lives in a different part of the country to you, different part of the world to you, is that you're saying, hey, I'm, I am I know that I don't have any danger of like you growing and then outdoing out me or like whatever. So here is this podcast and I, I'd love for you to grow. And then the more that we share, the more that we then get better at business, marketing, self-development, you know, time management, all the rest of these things that I talk about. And the more that that happens, the better we become as a profession. And the more that we get better as a pro- as a profession, the more people will hear about us and osteopathy. And that is ultimately the goal that we want to achieve, right? So a little bit preachy. <laughs> I, do, I do apologize. But uh, yeah, please consider leaving a five-star review. Chuck us a follow and share it with a mate. Thanks. I really do appreciate it. All right, next point is to Reassure your patients, okay? I want you to ask yourself, what can you do to improve the patient experience even more beyond the treatment room? So whenever we talk about like the patient experience, a lot of practitioners will think during the consultation, right? Inside the four walls of that treatment room. When the, when the, the patient experience goes way beyond what happens in those four walls, I want you to think, you know, outside of your treatment room, but inside of the clinic, outside of your clinic, in terms of the signage, the front, um, the front entrance that you walk into, you know, um, we also have to think about the digital world. So here are some things for you to think about. Could you, you know, declutter your treatment room, uh, you know, replace some outdated furniture, Give it a proper spring clean. Do you really need all of those different anatomy textbooks and osteopathic textbooks in that, in, you know, on that bookshelf that looks very cluttered in your maybe maybe not so small room? You know, and even if you have a a place to be able to put your books, could we, you know, organize that and make it look a little bit more aesthetically pleasing? You know, when was the last time you actually um, cleaned the signage that's on the front of your um, of wherever it is that you work? you know i i'll always remember there was this one one time when i saw um when i walked past Nocce by the clinic and i saw that um there was a signage on the door and then there was a hedge outside the front of this practice that i walked by and then there was a there was this big beautiful quite frankly piece of signage that was inside of the hedge and you could barely see that big beautiful signage because the hedge had overgrown over the front of it and i'm like What this is mental, like you've you know, I'm looking for osteopathic clinics. I'm an osteopath, I see more osteopathic clinics than the general public because I'm actively looking for them. Can you imagine the amount of people who say, Oh, I didn't even know that you exist? and you're like, Oh, I've got a big sign out the front. No, you haven't because it's partially covered up by a, a massive piece of hedge, right? So, it's so, so important for you to go around your clinic, declutter it, get rid of some outdated stuff, replace it with some. Uh, Some better things, you know, talking furniture, we're talking carpet or chairs or, you know, whatever it might be. Just give it a proper spring clean. You know, could you improve your Google business profile? Could you improve your, your website? Could you amp up your socials? You know, now's the time to go above and beyond by providing patients with even more value for money. And again, I understand that you think that you're providing an amazing experience and I bet you are. But same with communication. You can always improve the patient experience. All right. So really do spend the time to focus on improving the patient experience. If you wow your patients, your um, I guarantee you that your new patient referrals will go up. All right. Next point is re-engage your patient list. So I need you to understand that you need to get the most from what you already have keep things simple and focus on one thing at a time, you know, these patients that have already come to you, you know, they already, they know you, they like you, they trust you already. And so it's much easier to be able to get them to come back when it's, when it's ethical and clinically relevant for them to do so. You know, they'll know if they want to come and see you or not, or if they've just, you know, forgotten. And they've always, they've had this bad back lingering for a while and they've just not, had the time to be able to book in with you but then you pop along you know in an email or a text message or on your socials or or a google ad or you're you know improving your google business profile whatever it is and they'll go oh yeah we been meaning to book in with with alan for a while right so you need to understand that advertising so to speak to your existing patients is a lot easier than trying to convince new people to come in all the time you know you've already got people who have come in they know you they like you they trust you and so it's it makes sense to be able to reach out to them so what i want you to do is i want you to send out an email or a text campaign to all of your patients without a future appointment you know if you don't have a practice management system which if you do have a practice management system this idea of a text campaign or an email campaign to all of your patients without a future appointment is easy because it's all done digitally right but if you don't have a practice management system Take this as the perfect opportunity to grit your teeth and make the leap. It will make your life so much easier, especially during times of recession, when you just let the robots do their thing. And I understand that if you are still using, you know, pen and paper for for your notes and you're storing them securely, that's, you know, that is old school. And I understand that that might be the way that you want to do things for however long you want to keep going for. I do recommend that you do swap, swap out to... Uh, digital notes using the practice management system but at the very least you can get the practice management system to start collecting people's information and then when it comes the time to for example email on email or text campaigns to all patients without a future appointment you can do it in five minutes rather than like 50 hours of having to ring everybody individually for example okay um, my recommendation by the way is uh, Mark from My Osteopathy he is a um a osteopath based in the Midlands, and MyOsteopathy is um, practice management software built for osteopaths by osteopaths. So go and check out MyOsteopathy's uh, My website. If you just Google MyOsteopathy as one word, they'll come up. And again, go and have a look at the blog version of this podcast to get the link to the recommended resources. And the final point that I have to share with you with getting through a recession as a principal, as an associate, again, is to support your team. So this is for principals and associates alike. This is the perfect example of how you can work together. And what you do embrace what's called a flat organizational structure, meaning that there's no hierarchy. And so you can promote more communication and collaboration amongst everybody. You know, you have to understand that we're all in the same boat here. You know, if you're if you're a practice owner and you have people that you work with, other practitioners that you work with, you're all in the same boat. But even if you technically have more to lose, they they have skin in this game as well. They have things to lose, and they have everything to gain by you um, thriving through this recession. So create a flat organizational structure and say, look at this. You know, at this point in time, I'd like to switch things up. And I'd like to say that I as the principal and you as the associate, I'm not up here anymore and you're not down here anymore. We are equal together. Let's try and figure this out because here's what I know. And I would love to hear what you know. And I promise you that your practitioners will love that. They will absolutely love it, especially if they're of younger generations as well. So even like millennials downwards will absolutely love that. And I promise you, that's the way the world's going. So if you're a little bit dubious about this, maybe you're like a a, a Gen X or, or, or a, a a boomer listening to this, a baby boomer listening to this, you might be a little bit hesitant, but I promise you that's the way the world's going. If you've got you know um, younger associates that are millennials or younger, they're going to absolutely love it. Again, the quicker you adapt to bad news and tough times like recessions, the better. And I'm going to repeat it again. You have to get used to accepting truths as fast as possible. Avoiding uncomfortable realities means accepting an uncomfortable future. So I want you to be vocal that everybody is valued, their ideas will be heard. I want you to seek out each other's insights and how things are currently run and how to become more visible. COVID and obviously previous recessions have taught us the importance of maintaining our amazing practitioners and our amazing staff. And I want you to really lean into that now more than ever even if it challenges what your current belief is of how to run a clinic because if you've got osteopaths who have a different skill set to you or they have different information to you or they have different experience to you they will be able to contribute to your current situation as a clinic owner their insights will be valuable and there'll be insights that you won't have So listen out for your practitioners and really take on board what they say and create that evil, um, even, um, evil, that even playing field where you all listen to each other and you all value value each other's opinion. So when you take a deep breath, put on a brave face, be proactive, be optimistic, you can do this. And if you have anything else to add, if you've been through recessions before, I would love to be able to hear from you. So get involved in the Q&A section. If you're on your phone, tap on the, on the episode that you're listening to, scroll down, and you'll see the Q&A section there. I would love to hear from you if you've got any other recession ideas of how to survive a recession. I, as, as, as I'm sure many others, would love to hear from you. If you're a UK-based osteo, if you're a clinic owner, associate, etc., be sure to share this podcast or any other podcast that you feel um, with other osteos that you work with, your mates, all the rest of it. You can reach out to me via the Q&A if you've got any questions or you can send me an email. Again, that's in the description. I would love to hear your thoughts and will of course, answer your uh, any of your questions. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Your career will thank you for it. The plan is to go back to the regular book review format um, as of next episode. So I will see you during, uh, for episode 20. Thank you very much, see you in a bit, bye.